I got my prison clothes with me today. <laughs> we are picking up in the story of Joseph where he is in prison. And I thought I would make it an illustrated sermon for you this morning. <laughs> let, me, let me fix this whole outfit for a second. Stand behind the podium. If you got a Bible, go to Genesis 39. Genesis 39. Come on, you never know what's going to happen at Victory Church. Last week, I put on an apron. We served milk and cookies. How many of y'all were here last week for the milk and cookies? Man, that was fun. We should do that every week, right? We, would, we probably wouldn't be the healthiest church, but we would, we would be the funnest church in town for sure. Come to Victory for milk and cookies. But we talked about how Joseph was a servant in Potiphar's house, and, and Joseph had a wardrobe. I mean, he started, and, and, and part one of the Joseph series he started off with a beautiful coat, right? How many of y'all were here for that first week when I wore that thrift shop coat, uh, the fur coat? <laughs> it was fun, right? And, and then Joseph gets stripped of his coat by his brothers, thrown in a pit, sold as a slave, and next, next we know he's a waiter. He's wearing an apron. Last week I was wearing an apron, right? And then at the end of, of, of part two of the Joseph series, uh, we watched as he got accused of a crime he didn't commit, Shawshank Redemption, Count of Monte Cristo, all the movies you can think of right there. And he gets thrown in the prison. And we're going to pick up right there. So now he's, he's wearing his prison clothes. You are not what other people have accused you of or what they've said about you. They might try to put clothes on you. They may try to dress you up and say, this is who you are. But God has an identity for you before the world ever said anything about you. God stamped his DNA inside you. You are a child of God before you are anything else. Come on. And so um, in Genesis 39, we'll pick up in verse, four, uh, verse, let's go to verse 20. It says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. I'm going to set this back here. And um, he put him in prison. And I love this next part. It says, where the king's prisoners were confined. In Joseph's mind, he thought, I've just taken 100 steps backwards from the dream. But in reality, God was setting him up for a promotion. God was putting him right where he needed him to be. You may not feel like you're right where God wants you to be, but God says, you don't see what I see. See, God's moving chess pieces that we don't see. And he's setting you up for an encounter with the king, right? He's setting you up to be right where he wants you to be. And Joseph was right beneath Pharaoh's bedroom. He was now in the dungeon beneath the palace. In Potiphar's house, he was further away, but in the prison, he was closer to Pharaoh than he had ever been before. Sometimes the thing that seems like a setback is a setup for your comeback. Come on, somebody. And, and I love the, ne the next part. It says, but while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. I want to title this message today, I Got Friends in Low Places. Come on, somebody. Y'all, anyone from Oklahoma knows this song right here. Come on, if you know I got friends in low places, I need your help this morning. Ben, will you play with me a little bit? Somebody say, I got friends in low places. Now, Garth Brooks wrote this song several years ago, but I figured I would rewrite it this morning for victory, make it, make it more of a church version. But Joseph had to find some friends in a low place. He had to know that he wasn't alone while he was in that prison. And uh, I just imagine maybe Joseph was singing this song right here. I got friends in low places where the spirit flows and God's love chases my blues away and I'll be okay yeah I'm not big on fake places that's why victory feels like in no oasis well I got friends in low places. Come on, church. Give me a yeehaw. Y'all weren't ready for the cowboy hat. <laughs> Y'all are like, what is happening? Is it Halloween? What, what is Paul dressed up as? Come on, let's sing it again one more time. I got friends. Well, I got friends in Places where the spirit flows and God's love chases my blues away. Come on, join in this morning and I'll be okay. I'm not big on fake places. 
I'm not big on faith places. That's why victory feels like an oasis. Well, I got friends in low places. All right, so I think I'm wearing this hat backwards. There we go. Now, now it's, y'all are like, does he even know how to wear a cowboy hat? No, I don't. <laughs> um, but I, I figured, you know, Joseph was probably down in the, in the dungeon, probably wasn't feeling too great. He had to talk himself into feeling joyful and, and feeling like God still had a purpose and a plan for his life. And, um, and I was thinking about how Joseph had to make some friends, right, in that low place. But I also was thinking how he had to turn a low place into a place where God still had a purpose. Just because you're in a low place doesn't mean you have to treat it like a low place. You could still treat it like a purposeful place. And uh, 10 years ago, I was, I was leading our young adults ministry. My, my father had passed away and I was kind of discouraged and uh, just wasn't feeling too pumped to preach on a Tuesday night to our young adults. And our worship leader came to me and he goes, you know why I love our church? And I said, why? And he goes, because we got all kinds of people. We got all kinds of people come to our church. And he said, Paul, you need to know this church is, is, it's really like a bar. You know, he was telling me like, I'm so thankful for a staff that has a past and a testimony of what God's brought him out of. And uh, he said, it's, I mean, it's like an oasis. It's, we got all kinds of people here. And there was a country song that came out back then called I Love This Bar by Toby Keith. And he said, what if we rewrote the song to I Love This Church? And this morning I figured since I'm in a country singing mood, I might as well just sing, sing another country song for you. Here we go. We got pastors. We got winners. First time beginners. We got tall folk. We got small folk. We got people who tell jokes. In some dress up with crosses on their shirts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love this church. We got dancers and we got clappers, shouters and laughers. We got prayers, we got seekers, dress shoes and sneakers, and out of all the places in this town I've searched, and I've searched all over. I love this church. Give the band a big hand. All right, the concert is over. Back to the Word of God. <laughs> here Joseph was, and he was, he was in the prison. I want the keys to stay up here and, and, and the band. You guys come back in just a second. But Joseph was in a low place. Have you ever felt like you were in a low place before? Ten of us in the room are going to take off the mask. Have, have, have you ever been in a low place mentally, spiritually, emotionally, just felt dry, just going, man, God, I've been reading my Bible, but I'm not getting the revelation I used to get, or... Man, I've been going to church, but I'm not feeling the same way I used to feel. Joseph was in a low place. And here's the thing I love about following God is you don't have to feel it to do it. Following God, following Jesus, doing the right thing, living with character doesn't require my feelings to have to show up. I can choose to live with purpose and character despite how I feel. One thing we can learn from Joseph is he never let the circumstances shape his character. He never let where he was at determine his attitude. And your attitude will determine, will determine your altitude, right? You might be in a low place, but if you can have a high attitude, you'll find your way climbing up out of that low place real soon. If you can choose a positive spirit, even when you're in a negative environment, I'm telling you that low place can't keep you down. That low, that low place won't be able to hold you down when you choose the spirit that Joseph chose. So watch this. It says, the Lord was with Joseph while he was in prison. And I think one of the first points, this isn't really on my notes, but one of the first points I I think of in this message is that when you're in a low place, you're not alone. Sometimes we feel alone, 
And the enemy is, is definitely trying to convince us that we are alone, right? The enemy thinks if I can just convince them that they're the only one struggling with this, if I can just convince this father, this mother, this husband, this wife, this pastor, this teacher, this coach, this janitor, this Starbucks barista, if I can just convince them they're the only one in this low place. The enemy knows if he can get you feeling isolated and feeling like you're all alone, then that's, that's half the battle right there is in the mind, right? But we have to know this, even though I'm in a low place, I'm not alone. God was right there with you. It's like God put on the prison uniform and said, Joseph, I'm right here with you. You got a friend in a low place. You got a friend in me. I'm so thankful that God is not just the God of the mountaintops, but he's the God in the prison with us. That he's with us in a low place. And that's important for us to remember. You know, Christmas is now three or four months away. And I've already got the Christmas music playing in my house. No, I'm just kidding. Ashley would not let me do that. We, we got to wait until like the day after October 31st. And then we'll start playing it. But you know, I think about how Christmas is just a reminder that God became flesh, that he became one of us, that he dwelt among us. Isaiah said he is Emmanuel, God with us. For Joseph, God was with him in the prison. Number one, how to make it through the low places, you need to remember that God is always with you even in the prison parts of life. God is always with with you, right? And I love that. That to me is like, that's the best news ever. Because if I know that God's with me, is this in tune? Does it feel in tune? Does it sound in tune? We'll just pretend that it is in tune. There's been times in my life where I've wondered, God, how am I gonna get through this? What's gonna happen on the other side of this? And, um, and I'm so thankful that the Lord is with me on my worst day and on my best day, right? He's with me when I feel on top of the world and he's with me when I feel like I'm in the prison. God doesn't abandon you. When the world abandons you, when the world believes that you are guilty of whatever the first accusation is, and by the way, Proverbs says, the first accusation always seems right until you start interviewing the second and the third witnesses. But in, in our society today, people are guilty as soon as the accusation comes. Joseph was thrown in prison didn't even get a chance to defend himself. But instead of screaming for a lawyer, instead of complaining about the prison food, instead of getting angry at his inmates, he chose to draw near to the Lord. James chapter four says, draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you. Draw close to God. The Lord was with Joseph in the prison. Makes me think about that old song I remember singing when I was a little kid. And what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. And what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. What a peace we often forfeit. What needless pain we bear. And it's all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus, right? That in the prison parts of life, he's right there with us. He's right there with Joseph. And because he's with us, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Psalm 34, verse 18, David said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The lower you are, the closer he is. The lower you are in life, God draws closer. He gets closer to the brokenhearted. He draws closer to those who are going through painful situations. Which means that when I'm on the highest point of my life, when I'm experiencing the greatest success, the greatest happiness because of earthly situations going my way, God's there. But oftentimes I don't even think about it because I'm so happy. But when I am in the lowest point of my life because of what either others have done or what I did to get myself in that low place, God is absolutely there. And he comes in and he says, I'm close to the brokenhearted. The Bible doesn't say he's close to the happiest people on earth. The Bible says he's close 
to the broken. In other words, the lower you are, the closer he gets. The more difficult life gets, the more closer Jesus comes right up. Even in the dungeon, you are surrounded by his love. And watch what happens next. Can I keep reading? I'm just going to, we're going to camp out in prison today. And uh, we're not, we're not going to get to part four of Joseph until next week. We're, we're going to talk about how he makes a prison break and, and, and it all turns out amazing and forgiveness helps him walk in victory. But I want to just focus on the prison because I feel like either this is a message someone needs today or this is a message someone will need. And uh, someone who's watching online needs to know God's with you in your low places. Watch this. It says, the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. God knows how to turn the people who are against you for you. God knows how to set you up to have favor in the eyes of the right people. So because God did this, and by the way, the closer you get to God, you start to know his heart. He starts to give you favor. He starts to show you what to do. Number two, you've got to keep your heart of serving wherever God has you. To make it through a low place in life, don't stop serving. Don't stop keeping your eyes off of you. When I'm in a low place, I start thinking, life's about me. Poor me, right? I start thinking about all my woes and all my foes and all my troubles and all the people who, you know, I'm angry at that they ended me up in this prison. Joseph could have gotten upset and said, man, if only Potiphar's wife didn't do that, if only Potiphar would have listened to me. But instead, he chose to serve even while he was in prison. And because he chose to serve, it says this, so the warden, verse 22, put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible, Andy Dufresne, responsible for all that was done there. Anyone who knows Shawshank Redemption knows what I'm talking about, right? This guy went from being at the lowest place to now being at the highest place, but God didn't pull him out of the prison. Sometimes God won't pull you out of your problem. He'll just give you victory over your problem while you're still in the middle of it. Sometimes God won't pull you out from that bad boss, that bad manager, that bad supervisor. Sometimes God won't remove them, but God will cause you to prosper in their eyes. God will cause you to rise to the top when you feel like you're at the bottom. So here he is, and he, he's made responsible for all that was done there. Joseph had a responsible spirit, so he was given more responsibility. Can you be trusted in a low place? Can your character be trusted when you're in a low place? Joseph didn't allow the negative environment to shape his influence on the other people. He kept a positive influence when, even when he was in a negative environment. He turned his prison into a training ground for his future purpose in the palace. Your, your prison has a purpose, but you have to choose to make it that way. Your situation that seems like a prison part of your life, and for some of you in the room, the prison part of your life is you're battling a sickness right now. For some of you, you're believing for a turnaround in a relationship, and it just feels like you're stuck, and you're like, how come this is the way it is? That's where Joseph was at. It didn't make sense. He didn't know how long it was gonna last. He wasn't sure when the turnaround was gonna come, but he chose to make the most of the prison part of his life. A well-known philosopher named Mike Tyson once said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? And, and I think Tyson's right. Life doesn't always go the way we expect it to go. Everybody's got a plan until the doctor diagnoses one of your family members with cancer. Everybody's got a plan until things don't go the way you plan, until you get punched in the face. And I remember this guy on our staff back in the day named Charles Story. How many of y'all remember Charles Story? Anyone who's been at Victory for a long time, you might remember this name. He was over our prison ministry at Victory. And he used to go into the prisons, the jails, and he would invite me to come. He'd invite my brother to come. My dad, would, he would say, hey, we're going down to the prison. We're going down to McAllister. You want to come? And I said, yeah, that sounds awesome. I want to go inside the prison, right? And, and we would go in there, and we would pray for the inmates. And I'd watch as Charles Story just begin to cry and share his testimony to the inmates. And I was so moved by Charles' testimony because he was once a prisoner just like them. And he'd look at all the inmates and he'd say, I was just like you. I was in here. I was serving my time and I was angry at myself. I lived with regrets, guilt. He said, until I met Jesus in prison, what a friend we have in Jesus. 
And then he began to share how he found purpose while he was in the prison. He said, I began a Bible study. I started leading other inmates to Christ. What if God has you in the situation you're in to be an influence to people who would never know who God is if it wasn't for Joseph stuck in a bad place? What if God's leaving you stuck in a bad place because he wants you to be a light in a dark place? And lights don't shine when a room is full of light. Lights only shine when a room is dark. Lights only make a huge impact when they're in a dark place. And what if God has you in that negative dark place to be a positive influence? Last night I said, how many of you guys have ever been to prison before? And um, I was so thankful to see hands go up. (laughs) I'm so glad we have a church full of people who have testimonies, right? Aren't you thankful to be a part of a church of of not perfect people and and not perfect resumes and people who've got some stuff in their past? And that's just our staff members that raise their hands. But, you know, like Jeremy and Tara Richardson served time and now they're our Camp Victory directors and they're our Victory Manford pastors. And and, and their testimony is so powerful because... They both were, were drug dealers when they were in high school. And when they got out of high school, I mean, they were, I mean, they were in some bad trouble. And they ended up serving time, and, and not in prison, but in jail. And, uh, and while they were in jail, God got a hold of them. They gave their hearts to Jesus. They got married after they got out of jail. But while they were in jail, they began Bible studies, serving people, ministering to people. God began using them. But they had to keep their hearts in a posture of servanthood. Because when you're in a low place, you're being tested, right? When you're in a low place, your heart is being tested. Will you get bitter or will you get better? Will you let the prison turn you into a bitter person or will you turn the prison into a better place because you keep your heart pure? Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, guard your heart above all else for out of it flows the issues of life. What was Joseph's secret to prospering in the prison? Here's here's just a question to think about and maybe even write this in your notes. Because note takers are history makers. And when we study these characters in the Bible, I think God wants us to, to ask ourselves questions that maybe these guys ask themselves. What was Joseph's secret to prospering in the prison? What was his secret to prospering in Potiphar's house? I think the secret was he kept his heart pure. He didn't allow discouragement to overwhelm him. He didn't allow accusations of the enemy to stick He didn't allow what people said, like his brothers, what they did, to hold weight over him. He kept his heart free from the bitterness. And because he did, he kept a posture of serving. He kept a posture of humility. Matthew 14 says, God humbles those who exalt themselves, but he exalts those who humble themselves. If you're in a low place, you're getting ready to be exalted. If you stay in a place of humility. Number three, help others' dreams while you're waiting on your dream to come to pass. Watch what happens next. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph. Turn to someone next to you and say, the Lord was with Joseph. Turn to the other person you didn't choose and say, the Lord was with Joseph. Come on, this, this statement needs to get inside us because God was with Joseph through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when God was with him, he prospered in everything he did. You, listen, we sang that song, You Have My Yes, and the lyrics in that song says, even if it's just you and me, that's all I need because we're the majority. If you have God, you have the majority. If it's you and God, you got the majority. If God is with you, you can succeed wherever he has you in whatever job he has you in. And sometime later, Chapter 40, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master. We're living in a society that's offended on a constant basis. And the way that Pharaoh responds to this offense is the way we're seeing society respond to offenses today. It's cancel culture, right? As soon as the king got offended, it says, verse two, Pharaoh was so angry with his two officials for offending him, we don't know what they did. Maybe they said a mean word, maybe they looked at him the wrong way, Maybe they didn't show up on time to work. Be careful who you cancel over little offenses because the same people you cancel will be the people that you need to one day reconnect with. The bridges that you burn might be the same bridges you need to cross over someday. Pharaoh canceled people that he was gonna need later on. Be careful who you cancel in your heart. Don't quit on anybody. Pharaoh was so angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, that he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, the same prison where Joseph was confined. The same prison 
where Joseph was confined. You see what God's doing? God's moving chess pieces. God's setting Joseph up for his promotion. God's getting Joseph ready for his comeback, right? God's getting things together. It may not look like anything's happening, but God put these two guys right next to Joseph to remind Joseph, I'm up to something. If you feel like you're down to nothing, God is up to something. So these two guys are confined in the same cell where Joseph is. Somebody say, I got friends in low places. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and Joseph was their waiter. Once again, Joseph puts on the apron, and now he's serving the guys who served the king. So Joseph comes, be our guest, be our guest. Serving in the prison as an attendant. Remember the definition of attendant? I, I shared it last week, attendant meant waiter. We, we, we read this story, we go, man, Joseph succeeded at everything he did. He succeeded at being a waiter in the prison. He prospered, not with a lot of money, but with a lot of influence. You need to redefine prosperity. Prosperity doesn't always mean money or, or a new house or a Tesla. Prosperity might mean that God has you in prison being a big influence to the other inmates, that God keeps you in a place that's frustrating, but God continues to shine a light on you. And after they had been in custody for some time, let me stop right there. I looked up, what is the estimated time that Joseph was in the dungeon, in the prison? He was 17 years old, we know this, in Genesis 37, he was 17 when he got a dream from God. That same chapter that he got two dreams from God about the future of being a leader for his family, we didn't know where, in his dream he didn't see pyramids, he didn't know it was Egypt. All he knew is that one day he was going to lead his family and serve. That same year that he was 17, he gets sold by his brothers as a slave into Potiphar's uh, house, serving Potiphar. Scholars believe there's certain manuscripts from old books in the past that people looked at when they were putting together the canon of the Bible and the book of Genesis, that, that he served for one year in Potiphar's house. We know that he was 30 years old when he was called out of the prison to go and serve Pharaoh, which means that between 18 and 30, he was in prison. 12 years, he was stuck in a bad place. 12 years in a low place, 12 years as a slave, 12 years here he is waiting for a dream to come to pass, wondering when it's going to happen. And it says after some time, and we don't, we don't realize that after some time meant a long time. Everybody say a long time. And these two men, the cupbearer, the baker of the king, who were being held in prison had a dream. And the same night they had a dream, each of them had a dream and a meaning of its own. And when Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. Now watch this. You don't recognize what's going on in other people's lives when you're only focused on yourself. I like to walk through the church and like this morning during sound check, I was watching as people were walking in. I'm looking at faces, looking at Elizabeth, looking at Drew, looking at Tim, looking at Mark, Natalie, Daniel. And I'm a feeler. Any feelers in the room? Where's the feelers at? Yeah, yeah. Where's the thinkers at? The thinkers, raise your hand. We need the thinkers because you guys keep us smart. The feelers, we, we have no clue what's going on, but we, we pick up on people's body language. <laughs> We're smart when it comes to that. We just may not be the most intellectual. But as a feeler, I'm watching and I'm going, oh, I don't even want to ask because I don't want them to feel embarrassed, but I can tell they're not themselves today. I can tell they're going through something. Just the way they walked in, I can just feel it. Someone's, someone's hurting. I think Joseph was a feeler. I, I, I do. I think Joseph was probably a helper on the Enneagram. He was one of those guys that just wanted to serve. And I think he was very aware, very in tune with people's emotions because it says he looked at them and he could tell something was off. And he asks this question. And you don't ask this question unless you actually care about people. He says, why do you look so worried today? I wonder who's in your office that's dejected right now. I wonder who's in your neighborhood. I wonder who's in your family that's dejected, that you're walking past every day. And God says, I have you here to check up on them. Because checking up on them is one day going to help you. And don't help with strings attached because they're probably going to forget you. Help because it's part of your character. Help because it's part of Christ's character. 
In fact, Paul says in Ephesians chapter four, be tenderhearted just as Jesus was, caring for one another as Christ cares for you and with kindness and humility in your hearts, serve one another. So we have this commandment to be aware of people's needs and people's emotions around us and to carry each other's burdens just as Christ carries our burdens. The friendship we have in Jesus, Jesus wants us to offer that to the other inmates in the prison that we're walking through. You don't get to help someone else come out of a prison unless you yourself have been in that prison and say, I know what it's like to lose a father. I know what it's like to go through the pain of a heartbreak. I know what it's like to wake up one morning and things are not the way they were the day before. And you're going to get through this. Joseph served other people, cared for other people, even when he was hurting himself. One of the best ways to get out of depression is to help somebody else in, in their time of need, to serve other people. One of the best ways to get out of a spirit of me, 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 I'm, I'm so sad, I'm so hurt, I'm so angry, is to look at other people and say, how are you doing? Can I pray for you? Can I help you out? Can I interpret the dream? Can I help you get through the confusion that's going on in your mind today? That's what Joseph did. He could have made prison all about himself, but he made prison about other people. And it says he asked, how are you doing? What's going on? You're not yourself today. And I think that question needs to be asked. Someone needs an invitation to victory this week. I was driving through Brahms the other day. Come on, Brahms ice cream. I was getting a mint chocolate chip shake at about 10 p.m. at night. Oh, in Jesus' name, I gotta lose weight, I'm sorry. <laughs> but man, when I was going through the drive-thru at Brahms, I could just tell, I picked it up. The lady that was behind the cash register, I could just feel it, something. She was carrying a heavy burden. I said, ma'am, are you doing okay? She said, no. I said, do you go to church anywhere? She said, no. I said, you should come to Victory. She was like, what's that? I said, it's, it's a church. It's right down the street, 71st and Lewis, right across from Oral Roberts University. She said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been over there. I said, can I pray for you? She said, sure, I prayed for her. I don't know what changed that night, but I do know that she needed someone to ask, are you okay? And that's the seed that I sowed. God's in charge of the harvest, I'm in charge of the seed. Joseph sowed the seed by saying, how are you doing and what can I do to help? And I'm telling you, this week, someone needs you to do that. While you're waiting for your dream to come to pass, serve someone else's dream. Serve other people in the prison next to you. While you're waiting to have a prison break, Michael Schofield, while you're trying to get out of prison, Look at other people and go, what, are you, what do you need prayer for? How can I help you through your chains right now? Come with me to Restore class this Thursday. Come with me to Men's and Women's Discipleship track on Tuesday night. Come and join my connect group. Come sit with me in the 9 a.m. service. Come and join the growth track with me. Come and be a part of victory. Someone needs what you have. And you might be struggling right now, but one of your ways out is to help serve someone else. So Joseph served them. And he said, tell me your dreams. Tell me your dreams. So often we're in a hurry to tell other people our dreams that we're not asking them, hey, John, tell me your dreams for Victor Christian School. And people light up when you ask them to tell you their dreams. They go, you wanna hear my dreams? Mark, tell me your dreams for the nations. Daniel, tell me your dreams for the church. When's the last time you asked somebody else, tell me your dream? And listen to them, listen with a heart of empathy. What is your dream? And how can I be a part of helping this dream come to pass? So they begin to share their dreams with Joseph. We both had dreams. And Joseph said, the interpretation belongs to God. God is in the business of understanding dreams. He's in the business of helping people get their dreams fulfilled. God is still in the business of fulfilling dreams. God is still in the business of helping people with their dreams. Come on, if you got a dream from God, God has a way of making it come to pass. But in this case, these dreams were very different. And, and, uh, and I just imagine both of them sitting down with Joseph and sharing their dreams. I need some help. Mark and Daniel, will you come up here real quick? Just pretend like you're in prison with me for a second. Come on, I got friends in low places. Just sit with me right here. So, um, yeah, or yeah, here. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks, bro. You need guys that are gonna sit with you when you're in a low place. How many are thankful for your brothers and your sisters and those that say, I'm with you, I'm with you. And so Joseph sits there and 
One of them tells him his dream and Joseph goes, in three days, you're gonna be promoted. You're going back to the palace and things are looking up. The other guy goes, man, that sounds good. Let me tell you about my dream. And the other guy tells Joseph the dream. He goes, in three days, you're going to be beheaded. And the guy, <laughs> that's not happening to either of y'all. You guys are both being promoted. But I just think it was such a funny moment. Joseph's sitting there and one guy's like, yeah. And the other guy's like, nice. Let me tell you about my dream. And Joseph's like, it's not going to be good for you. Uh, <laughs> but one thing we know is that Joseph spoke the truth in love right? And he wasn't afraid to tell him. Give these guys a big hand. That's the only illustration I had right there, along with my other illustrations. Um, I just wanted to sit with my brothers for a second. My brother John is my biological brother. I should have called him up here too. <laughs> but you know, I think how Joseph sat there in a low place and he, and he helped other people that were in a low place. And those two guys got out. And one of them ended up in a, in a bad place. The other one ended up in a good place. Joseph told him, he said this. Um, I want to go to verse, I think it's 13. Genesis 40, verse 13. There it is. Um, he says, when Pharaoh restores you and lifts you up back to your position, verse 14, he says, don't forget me. Don't forget me. Please remember me and do me a favor. When things go well for you, Mention my name. I'm stuck down here and I didn't do anything to deserve this. I, I'm not supposed to be here. This is not where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, people say that all the time in prison, right? But Joseph actually had a clean alibi. Like he had, he said, this is not, this is, I didn't do this, but I'm here. Please remember me. And the man forgot about him. And two years passed by. Joseph stuck in a low place now for 12 years. Two years go by. And by the way, we, the interpretation of the dreams is that one of them got promoted, the other one got beheaded. And here's my fourth point right here. When you're in a low place, keep on trusting God. I know that sounds so simple and you go, oh yeah, easy to say. I need something really deep that confuses me, Paul. Not just these simple little statements like, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. Um, but I, I just think that confusing statements aren't really helpful statements. So I'm not up here to give you a confusing theology. Like my dad said when I was a kid, he said, I try to preach at a fourth grade level because he said, all of us are struggling. We just need the easiest, most simple statements from the Bible that point us in the right direction. And so that's the way I preach too. If you're looking for like a very in-depth, confusing sermon, Joseph just trusted in God, even though he was forgotten by man. And when you're forgotten by man, you're not forgotten by God. Here's the thing I love. Hebrews chapter six says, the Lord does not forget your labor of love. The Lord does not forget your labor of love for other people. The Lord does not forget what you do for the kingdom of God. Now, when you sin, the Bible says, if you repent, he casts your sin as far as the east is from the west. And he remembers your sins. Come on, where's the Bible scholars in the room? He remembers your sins so he forgets your mistakes, but he remembers your good deeds. I'm so thankful that God has a bad memory when it comes to my sin, but he's got a really good memory when it comes to the things that I've done for his kingdom. Anyone else in the room thankful for the mercy of God and the goodness of his memory? And that it, even though man might try to keep you confined in a prison, forget about you, God says, I see you, and I'm not holding anything against you from your past that you've repented of, and I remember what you did that was good. I'm forgetting your worst day when you made some really bad mistakes, but I'm remembering that day that you were in a low place and you served other people that were in a low place and they got promoted and you stayed down low and people forgot about you and they went on to prosper and you stayed in that low place. God says, I see you and I have a timing for your promotion. I remember someone gave me the book Good to Great by Jim Collins right when I stepped in as pastor of Victory. And uh, actually the year before, and I was reading this book. And there's this story in the book that stood out to me that I thought was so powerful. It was the story of a, a guy named James Stockdale, who was a prisoner of war for eight years during the Vietnam War. From 1965 to 1973, he was a prisoner of war, and he was an admiral, and he was tortured more than 20 times during his imprisonment. Tortured to death, I mean, just like literally on the brink of death multiple times. And he lived out through the war without any assurance that he would ever see his family again. 
He went on to write about his memories and he, he wrote this down in his memoirs. He said, I learned the secret to perseverance was taking a long view. Having faith that in the end, no matter what was happening and when that would come, I would prevail. Having the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of my current reality, no matter what they might be. He said, I didn't have an optimistic spirit. I had a long view vision. This is what he means by that. He said, the people who didn't make it as prisoners of war, we called them the optimists. They would say, we're gonna get out by Christmas. And Christmas would come and Christmas would go and they were still in prison. Then they would put their hope in Easter. By Easter, April 6th, we will be out. And Easter would come and Easter would go. Then they would put their hope in Thanksgiving. They were optimistic. They had put their hope in a calendar date, but those dates never came and they died of a broken spirit in the, in the camps. They died of a broken heart because they were optimists and they died from their discouragement. And there was three other Vietnam prisoners of war that both, that all contributed to this story that Jim Collins wrote about. And they all said the same thing. They said, we took the long view. We took the long view. In other words, we held on to the hope, not that one day we would get out at a specific time, but that no matter what would come, hell or high water, we were going to prevail, that, that, that we were going to get through this, not because we were gonna get out by December 31st or by 1958 you know, uh, uh, or by 1961 or 1962, but we were going to overcome our circumstances and not allow our circumstances to overcome us. Joseph had to make a decision that he was gonna trust in God in a low place and that he was going to overcome whatever was thrown at him and that this low place would be used as a testimony for God's glory. So time goes by, he's stuck in prison. And it says this in chapter 41, when two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. I want the band to come out. Pharaoh had a dream. And I circled that. Pharaoh is dreaming again. And I asked the Lord, what does that mean? Because I feel like this series is prophetic for our nation and for our world right now. We have leaders who are confused about what to do. And they're making decisions based on whatever they think they should do. And ultimately, God knows the secrets to the dreams of the pharaohs, the presidents, the leaders, the emperors of our nations and our world. And God is watching as these dreams are happening. God is watching as people are making decisions left and right of what to do for their country. But God is also speaking to Joseph's in the church saying, get ready because the church is going to lead the charge in the years to come. And the church is gonna have the answer that Pharaoh doesn't have. The church is going to provide answers in a famine when Pharaoh doesn't know what to do. God's raising up Joseph's like Victory Church to be ready to respond when there's situations that are beyond the, 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 the nation's ability to respond. We're gonna have discernment for the future. Joseph had to be in such a connected place with God that, that, that when the time came to interpret certain dreams that were so high up on the food chain at the highest level of leadership, Joseph knew the answer. So Pharaoh was dreaming. Biden is dreaming. People are dreaming right now. People are dreaming and they're, they're having nightmares about the future and they're not sure what to do about these dreams. And they're, they're calling on their scientists and they're calling on their wisest people. It says in verse five, he fell asleep again and Pharaoh had a second dream. And the second dream was even scarier. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. And after them, there were seven other heads of grain that sprouted and they scorched and they became thin by the eastern wind. And the thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads of grain. And the seven skinny cows swallowed up the seven fat cows. And, and, and Pharaoh was so confused by these cows and by this grain. And it says in verse eight, in the morning, his mind was so troubled, he didn't know what to do. And the world is so troubled in the mind right now, they're not sure where to turn. And they sent for all the magicians, all the scientists, the wisest people in the world to weigh in on what to do about these dreams. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. And this is where Joseph comes in. Verse nine, the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, ah, today I am reminded of my shortcomings. I forgot 
There was a guy who helped me years ago, right? He's still stuck down there. He's still stuck down there. And he begins to tell the story. And I love that God used what Joseph walked through in a prison to prepare him for the palace. God used what Joseph walked through in a prison to prepare him for the palace. The, the cupbearer says, what's his name? Joseph. Joseph was the man. And he begins to tell him, he says, this guy knows how to interpret dreams. He served us when he was in a low place. And everything he prophesied came to pass. Everything he predicted came to pass. Verse 14, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph. And I believe that right now God is sending for Joseph's. He's calling for Joseph's. And I love this verse right here. It says, so, so Joseph was brought quickly after he shaved and he changed his clothes. Come on, I'm getting, ready to, getting rid of these prison clothes today. Y'all forgot I had jeans underneath there. You're like, what's happening right now? <laughs> I'm gonna try to get out of these pants. Okay, I'm stuck in my pants right now. <laughs> I didn't practice this part. Here we go, got them. Somebody say, take off the prison clothes. The next season God's taking you into requires a, a wardrobe change. God says it's time to take off that spirit of heaviness that you've been carrying. It's time to get rid of that coat of depression you've been wearing. It's time to get rid of those chains you've been holding onto. For 12 years you've been in chains. It's time for you to break free. You're headed to the palace. Somebody say, get ready, get ready, get ready. God is calling you, Joseph. God is calling you, Daniel. God is calling you, John. God is calling you up. He's calling you up from that low place. You've been faithful in a low place. Now he's about to promote you in a high place. You've been humble in a low place. He's about to exalt you in a high place. Joseph did not let betrayal beat him in the prison. Joseph did not let his circumstances defeat him in a prison. And as we get ready to worship today, I, I want us to stand to our feet because there's a story I wanted to tell, and, and um, it's, it's an interesting story, but I, I was thinking about it these last few weeks leading up to this Joseph series. It's the story of Johnny Cash. And uh, how many of y'all know the story of Johnny Cash, right? This guy, you know, he, he busts out, he's got these great songs, and then he starts struggling with addictions, starts struggling in his, his marriage, makes some really bad decisions, ends up in jail, People tell him your career is over. No one's going to listen to your stuff anymore. And after a, a, a year or two years of getting sober, getting clean, breaking free of these drug addictions, these alcohol addictions, cleaning up his life, he calls his producer and he says, I want to record an album live. And they said, first off, no one's going to listen to you because of what you've done, because of how bad things got on tour. I mean, he really messed up on his last tour. And he said, I want to record, but I want to record in a prison. And they said, we're not going to do that. No one's going to listen to a live recording in a prison. He said, no, no, no. I want to record songs about Jesus, songs about life, songs about people who are going through low places and tough times, and I want to record in a prison. He had an affinity for people who were walking through bad stuff. He had, like, he just had a heart to connect with people that were in a low place. His producer said, that won't sell anything. It went on to become a triple platinum album. It sold more albums than the Beatles, more than Michael Jackson. It became one of the most top-selling albums to this day. It's still, told, it's still said to be one of the best albums that's ever been released. It was recorded in Folsom Prison in California. And while he was in the prison, he began shouting at the prisoners, just speaking hope over them. He began calling them out to sing along with them. They shouted back at him. And as I was thinking about that, you know, for, for him, he had to go on and you may not know this, but Oral Roberts actually interviewed Johnny Cash at the Maybe Center on his TV show after Johnny had recorded that album. And Johnny got saved and gave his heart to Jesus and continued to sing more songs about God. But you know, here's the beauty of what he had walked through. He had been in a low place and he was able to help other people that were in a low place. What you've walked through, God's going to use to help other people. God's going to use your testimony to pull them out. The thing you're walking through right now, God says, there's a purpose behind this. God's with you in the midst of your pain. God's going to use what the enemy meant to harm you for your good and for your testimony for other people. God is calling you out of that low place. And God's saying, come on, I've got something new for you. I've got a new chapter for you. I've got a new season for you. I've got favor for you in a new place. That dream that you forgot about, that you had as a teenager, it's time to dust it off, pick it back up off the shelf because that dream's about to come to pass. Joseph was being prepared in the prison for the palace. Even though he was forgotten, God remembered him. 
I want us just to close our eyes all over this place. Maybe you're here right now and maybe you're wearing some stuff on the inside that God says it's time. It's time to change that wardrobe. It's time to take off that shame, that guilt. It's time for you to let go of those, those burdens, those regrets. It's time for you to release those insecurities, those fears. It's time for you to get rid of that victim mentality and start living with a victory mindset. It's time for you to start seeing yourself the way God sees you. It's time for you to switch that posture of, 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 of all about me to a, a posture of serving people around you. God says your key, your cure is to serve in that low place, to love in that low place, to give out even in that low place, to help other people's dreams even when you're in a low place. I just feel like I'm preaching right now, praying over some people that are in a low place. You're in a low place. The enemy has tried to get you in a low place. But God says you're not staying in that low place. God says, I'm gonna use what you've walked through as a testimony for other people. You're about, to, you're about to have some friends in low places and you're about to bring them to a higher place. God says, you're about to step into a new season, but you've gotta learn to trust him even when you're in that jail. You've gotta learn to trust him even when life doesn't go your way. God says, I wanna give you grace in a low place. Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, let us draw near to God with boldness. Let us confidently come to his throne room of grace to obtain mercy in our time of need. He doesn't say to obtain mercy in our time of, of, of having everything we want. He says, get the mercy and the grace you need when you're in a low place, when you're in a needy spot, when you're in a spot where you don't have the strength to keep going, God says, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm going to give you strength. I'm gonna cause you to mount up with wings like an eagle. I'm about to help you to run the race that I've called you to run. I'm about to strengthen you and lift you up from that low place. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here right now, and you just need strength in a low place. You need grace in a low place. Just raise your hand all over this, this room. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, yeah. You're saying, I just need grace. I'm going through some stuff. I, I just need God's strength in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit. Maybe here today and you say, I, I, there's some things that I need to take off. There's some burdens. There's some stuff that I've been wearing and carrying on the inside that I need to release to the Lord. If that's you, raise your hand today. Yeah, God says, I, you don't have to carry that. I can carry that. I just want to pray for those of you that raised your hands or those of you that are here today and you say, man, I need prayer. Will you lift me up in prayer? Would you leave your seat? Come and join me at this altar. Today, God wants to meet you right where you're at. I just hear the Lord calling your name. He's saying, Joseph, come up. Joseph, come up. Come up from that low place. Come and bring your burdens. Bring your cares to the Lord. Bring your chains. Bring what you've been walking through. Bring your shame. Bring your, your, your burdens. Bring the guilt. Bring the sin. God says, bring it. I'm about to restore. I'm about to renew. I'm about to forgive. I'm about to help you break free. But it starts with you surrendering. It starts with you saying, Lord, I'm yours. Lord, I don't understand what's going on, but I choose to trust you. Let's just worship God as we, as we take this time down at the altar. As you come to the altar, just say, Lord, I surrender to you. God's coming beside you. He says, I see you. I love you. I'm with you. I'm for you.
just imagine Joseph sitting in that prison, remembering the dream. And when he heard his name, when he heard Pharaoh shout his name from the top, he's down there. And it's been 12 years and he hears his name, Joseph, come up. I just wonder if maybe Joseph was singing in the prison. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. God, you're faithful. God, that you would remind them today they have purpose even in the prison. God, that they have purpose in the low place. 
Lord, I pray today that you would remind people that they are connected to. God, that there are, there are, Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would connect the dots for their promotion. God, the thing that's, that's, that's been done against them, what the enemy meant for harm, God, turn it around for good. Lord, I pray, Jesus, for those that are stuck in a low place, that this week there's going to be a shift in their life. God, that they're getting ready. You're moving something on the chessboard. You're preparing, God, for a promotion. You're preparing them, God, for a new chapter, a new season. God, I pray, Lord, that they would see it on the inside even before it happens on the outside. Lord, I pray where there's been fear, where there's been discouragement, that today you're lifting that off, lifting off the burden of shame. And God, giving them a, a, God, a garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness. Just say this with me, Jesus, I surrender to you. I'm all yours. Thank you for being my friend. You are faithful. In the low places and in the high places. You are good. You never fail me. Your love never fails. I repent of my sin and I receive your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, that you have a purpose for my life. And my best days are right in front of me. Thank you, Jesus, that you're not finished with me. And I have the victory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you. God loves you.